Thank you, amigos and gracias friends, for coming to the podcast. It's Top Turtle, episode 62, brought to you by the best mouthguard ever invented. I'm talking about Sisu mouthguards. You can talk, you can breathe, you can drink. All of the mouthguard up in your mouth. It's really a feat of science. You should head on over to sisuguard.com. Get yourself the right mouthguard for your sport or activity. It's not only the thinnest mouthguard, it's the safest. SISUguard.com for all your mouthguard needs. That's Sisu Mouthguards, and they bring you this episode of Top Turtle. We are rolling. I am David Tremonti. He is Daniel Gumby Vreeland, the co-editor of MMA-Manifesto.com, part of the Sports Daily Network, our mothership. You, of course, can catch us there. Also, tune in Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, wherever a podcast is being streamed, we be there. Gumby, one of the things I love about our podcast, we don't waste any time. We don't try to show off our MMA knowledge from our mother's basement. We're just here to talk about the fights, maybe an interview here and there, a preview of a fight, and that's what we're going to do today. So why don't we start here? UFC, this past weekend, headlined by Vitor Belfort versus Kevin Gastelum. Gastelum puts another legend on his resume. He beat the piss out of Vitor Belfort. Yeah, it's pretty much exactly what I expected. I mean, uh, I maybe would have expected a little bit more wrestling from Calvin Gastelum, but watching him box him up too wasn't terribly surprising because Gastelum's hands are, are surprisingly powerful to some people. And, uh, you know, Vitor's chin at this point, it, it's exactly what you expect it to be. What do you mean by his hands are powerful to some people? Well, I, I mean, his, his hands are powerful... To people who are who are going to get hit like Vidor all the time. I mean, Vidor doesn't roll with a punch anymore. You know, like if he was fighting somebody like Anderson Silva who rolls with punches really well, or if he was fighting somebody else at middleweight, um, you know, like Jacare takes a punch really well. Vidor just takes him square on the chin now, and and he's not the type of guy who you can take punches from square on the chin. He, he's the type of guy who, who, if you know how to box and you're going to defensively box properly, he can tag you once or twice and you can be safe. Vidor, you can't be safe with. I, I mean, Vidor's taken him straight, and Calvin made him hurt. Uh, where do you go next for uh, Vitor Belfort with one fight left on his contract? I'm good to never have to see another Vitor Belfort fight again, so I'm happy we'll you know see him fade off into the sunset unless he goes to Risen, takes a bunch of steroids. Uh, where <laughs> do, who do you want him to fight I, in his I, last? I don't fight? need him to, to to see him fight anybody. I mean, the UFC will probably give him one matchup. I mean, find somebody fun to give him. But he has one fight left on his contract. But he yeah, said yeah, he's going to honor. I, it. I don't see any reason to. You know what I mean? Like, you could just cut him loose and not have to pay him. I, I mean, I haven't seen the disclosed payouts, but you've got to imagine he's making like three hundred thousand a fight, right? Or like something up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, why pay a quarter of a million to watch him do that again? Uh, how about our boy Kevin Ga- Kelvin Gastelum? Where does he go next? He mentioned fighting Anderson Silva. I got no problem with him fighting Anderson Silva. Uh, you could also move him up the rankings a little bit more. I know a lot of guys are tied up though towards the top. Um, you know, Mike Bond usually does his uh, his matchmaking afterwards on MMA Junkie. I got to give him the props for this idea. I saw Kelvin Gastelum versus Luke Rockhold, which to me. Is at least intriguing. You got to wonder how he would do with somebody that large. Uh, yeah, I like that, and I like Kelvin at middleweight. I can tell you that much. I uh, I'm happy with him there. I think he's a good addition. He to does the... look outsized, though, right? Somewhat. Yeah, but it, it hasn't mattered yet. But it could matter. 
could matter. Uh, I would say the next, uh, well, we'll talk about this quick. In the co-main event, you had Mauricio Shogun Hua with the TKO in the third round of Gian Volante. Gian Volante, a once promising prospect. I would not call him promising anymore. And Hua is in the same category as Vitor Belfort for me. Still only 35 although, years although old. on a three-fight win streak. Sure. Uh, and only 35 years old. But, you know, again, that upper echelon of the middleweight division. I don't pick him over Jacare. I don't pick him over over You mean the light heavyweight division? Uh, Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I was thinking of him as a middleweight. But, yeah, okay, fine. In the light heavyweight division. (laughs) Rumble, Glover, Gus. Yeah, I don't pick him against any of them. But, all right, where do you go with a Mauricio Shogun who on a three-fight win So I think what he's doing right now is perfect, though. He's keeping the Jean Volantes out of... The echelon, you know, you don't want to see Jean Volante fight Glover Teixeira. That's what Shogun's there for, to make sure he doesn't. I would say, you know, maybe give Shogun the winner of uh, the fight just announced in for May between Volkan Oldsdemir and Misha Serkinov. Mm. I mean, he's on a three-fight win streak. It'd be a nice name for either of those two guys coming off a win. Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, for Gian Volante, is this a, you know, maybe, what do you do with a Gian I mean, Volante? I'd like to see him fight OSP, both of them coming off of losses that, uh, you know, kept them out of, you know, the top five or six or seven or so. So it'd be nice to see either of those two uh, pick up another win and get back on track and the other one can go away. All right. The highlight of the night for me was Edson Barbosa's flying knee to Benil Darush, who I believe, if memory serves, he was shooting for a takedown. I think so. Either that or he was leaning way forward on some of those jabs, too. So it could have been that. Uh, well, it was devastating. Nonetheless, it happened in the second round, uh, three minutes, 35 seconds. Wow. What did you think? Yeah, the knockout was crazy, but, you know... You got to give it up to Dariush because he implemented his game plan so well, and it worked so well for nearly nine minutes, and one kick ended it. I mean, like if you don't count that knee, the effectiveness of Barboza is next to nothing in that fight. Uh, it was actually really, really crazy to think about how neutralized his striking was when he was being pushed back. Yeah, I thought he uh, he had a good game plan against Barbosa. I think and- he stole a page out of Michael Johnson. When Michael Johnson beat Barbosa, that's exactly how he did it. And, and it looked like Dariush was doing just following the blueprint the whole time. Yeah, and for Barbosa, um, where do you go with him next? Jeez, I mean, he's calling out Tony Ferguson. I don't know if he gets Tony Ferguson, but certainly he could have Michael Chiesa, you know, or somebody like that. Uh, Has it, Barbosa fought Cerrone? Yeah, and Cerrone yeah, won. He did. Well, and Cerrone's at 70 now for all intents and purposes. Yeah. So, um, I mean, maybe... I mean, you could give him Habib if Habib's going to wait and figure shit out. I, 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 I don't think he beats any of those top guys, but I think at this point in time... He's got to get one, right? He's on a three-fight win streak. I beat Anthony Pettis, beat Gil Melendez, now Benil Darouche. Um, which yeah. which seems like a step back from the first yeah, two. Yeah, and, and he beat the first two. Yes. So, like, I mean, I feel like you have to give him somebody like, mm. like at, at the bare minimum, Chiesa, right? Right, right. Yeah, Chiesa. I think I like where you're going with that. Obviously, another thing that was going to be in the news, you broke the news on our boy Misha Serkinov fighting uh, Ozdemir, and then the other big fight announcement since we last talked, Gumby, was, of course, that Eddie Alvarez is going to fight Dustin Poirier, so you, those two guys are t- tied up. Yeah, but you could also, so that one's not that far away. You're right. He like could the, fight the he winner He could always of that. fight the winner of that, too. And, and I was going to say that, too. Him versus Dustin Poirier would be a fun 
fun fight for me. And not that it wouldn't be with Eddie Alvarez either, but I like the style matchup of Poirier in in, uh, in Edson Barboza. All right. Uh, with the rest of the card, give me uh, a top two performances for you. Uh, top two performances for I, I mean, like, there were a lot of good fights, but... I, you had I, Alex I mean, Olivier. Okay. Ma- Put on a show. I mean, like, that's a guy who I really thought he was going to lose to. So, flyweight division, Ray Borg defeated Juicy A. Formiga via unanimous decision. Yeah, and he, he just looked damn good. Uh, and I also would probably throw it up to uh, Kevin Lee beating Francisco Trinaldo on his seven. He took a seven-fight win streak away from Francisco Trinaldo, and he did so by out-grappling a black belt. I mean, just really, really impressive stuff from Lee, and he got the sub. Yeah, I was very impressed with Kevin Lee, and Kevin Lee himself now on a four-fight win streak. And not bad names here either. Beat Efren Escudero, Jake Matthews, uh, Magomed Mustafaev, and now Francisco Trinaldo. Yeah, and, and, and you know, he, he's not the person who's shying away from fights either. And, and if you look at the, the names before that, too, John Tuck, uh, James Muntasri, and Michel uh, Prezeris, who, who fought that night, too, and tapped out Josh Berkman. So... I mean, he's got seven wins in the UFC, and they're seven pretty impressive ones. All right. Well, that basically wraps up uh, fight night, unless you have any other uh, moment or nugget you wanted to share with our adoring audience. Nah, for the most part, just, I, I mean, they were fun fights, but not, not a whole lot monumental, you know, changing the landscape of any of these divisions. You had, uh, what's it called, a 900,000 pay-per-view buy rate betch Coea uh, losing to Marion. No, no, that was a draw. draw. You're right. Yeah, majority draw. draw, Which actually, you know, both of them seemed pissed off about, and I couldn't think of a better result. I mean, it looked like Betch won one and two, and clearly Renault won round three by a 10-8. So, I I mean, that's a 28-28 fight if I've ever seen one. All right, we'll go through the news in lightning fast fashion as we always do because we're not here to waste anyone's time. Uh, Hector Lombard was in a horrific traffic accident and says it's a miracle he's alive. Happy he is. Yeah, I'm happy he is. You know, you never like to see that with any fighter. Um, crazy, crazy news, um, especially because that, that's happened a couple of times in other sports recently, too. The Braves. Ba- well, it lost. happens in baseball. Yeah, I feel like every other day it happens in there's, baseball. There's some crazy driving going on in the Dominican Republic. I believe was Lombard's. He's Cuban, though, right? Yeah, so it definitely wasn't in Cuba. Uh, <laughs> man, I don't know where it was. Do you know where he trains out of? Uh, I think he trains mostly at ATT, right? So it might have been in Florida. I, I, yeah, it could have been. I, I'm just I'd I'm, have to double check that because I know he used to train at ATT, I'm, but I don't know if he's like full time there anymore. I'm looking at two articles: one on Bloody Elbs and one on um, MMA Junkie, and neither seem to say where it happened. Hmm. But the pictures on his uh, on his Instagram, it is a nasty, nasty accident. So happy he's okay. Other news: you had uh, Johnny Hendricks saying he wished GSP had stayed retired, which is sort of pot calling the kettle black for me, coming from Johnny Hendricks, just because he's obviously had his troubles the past few years. Uh, he also said he put the blueprint out for how to beat GSP, and he wouldn't be surprised if everyone uh, just follows that. Yeah, I, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I, I thought he did beat him too, but why, if you thought you beat a legend, and he was coming back, even though you've moved up weight classes, now in your weight class, why is it Johnny Hendricks trying to cash in on this? Right. You know, like, if GSP beats Bisping... You know, we all know you're like two shit-talking sessions away from talking yourself into a title shot at any given time. 
you have history with a guy who might be the champion in your division in two se- two seconds. You know, like he could be the champ soon. Well, devil's advocate was this the almost you know Johnny Hendricks is maybe not the best shit talker. Was this his way of throwing shade at GSP by saying you should have stayed retired, brah? Oh God, I don't know. Maybe if it was, it was bad. He can do better than that. I hope. Uh, you also had this weekend Mackenzie Dern getting her third MMA win. Um, she did this at a catch weight. This was in help me out, Gumby. What uh, uh, Legacy Fighting and, Alliance, which is a combination of Resurrection Fighting Alliance and Legacy Fighting Championships. Well, there you go. So Dern, a very exciting prospect. Yeah, and she did this one mostly with her hands too. Uh, she she wanted to test out how how good she could box. She chose not to take very much into the grappling realm. So it, impressive to see her working on all facets of her game. And it, she looks like the real deal. Absolutely. She looks like the real deal. Uh, and, uh, you know, she could be, uh, we know, because we spoke with uh, John Crouch, who broke somewhat news on our show by saying that them and the UFC were in talks uh, as, uh, I want to say that was the fall of 2016. Yeah, it was fall of 2016. So yep. we know she's absolutely on the UFC's radar. And this was a unanimous decision win, if I fail to mention that, over Catherine Roy, or as the Brazilians would say, Catherine Hoy. Um, you also had uh, Michael Bisping responding to comments by Joe Rogan. Rogan basically said, uh, why bother with Bisping versus GSP? He felt like GSP was jumping the line and then that should be Yoel's fight. Uh, Bisping basically came back and said, you know, this is what sells. I've earned it. Uh, we're in the era of the money fight, uh, to basically paraphrase. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. I have a little bit of trouble with the, the Michael Bisping, I earned it. Because that, that's actually like the fifth time not, not that just he said it, but I've heard commentators and analysts say he's earned his money fight. Yeah, he's fought for the company for a while, but like they weren't screwing him on title shots. He just never won one. I mean, just because he's been there for a while, he earns it? Do, do you think he's earned money fights? Uh, no, I don't. No, and if he had defended his title against the top challenger... Okay, give him a money fight. That that's my thought. Like if if you want money fights after you started beating people or you know, you've demolished your division. If a fucking Mighty Mouse Johnson wanted a mighty fight, he gets a money fight. Well, it's very, you know, it's very interesting because I think you bring up a good point. It's that it really was, listen, Rockhold left his hands down, probably didn't take Bisping seriously. I think we could all agree on. Yeah, obviously. And yeah. it was sort of, you know, I hate to it disrespect it. It was Anderson it. Silva, Chris Weidman-esque. It, it was semi-fluky-esque, yeah. Although I do have to say, though, on the Weidman-Silva, I felt like Weidman was winning that fight up until that point. Yeah, but, but at least it was... The knockout itself is of that nature. Of that nature, right. Cause and me, what did Weidman have to do after that fight? Uh, he had he, to defend it against freaking Anderson, Anderson Silva, Silva again, again right, right so away. That's what I was going to say. Your point is valid in that you know his very first title defense after what some might call a fluky win was against you know man. 58-year-old Dan Henderson. <laughs> and that kind of takes away from his credibility. And then you have him and Yoel Romero at UFC 205 squaring off. And now conveniently, you have George St. Pierre making his first uh, appearance at middleweight and Bisping having a reach advantage and probably being bigger than 
him and yada, yada, yada. So it, Bisping's first two defenses are going to come against an old man and somebody who's never fought in that division. And hasn't fought in three years. And hasn't fought in three and years. And I think the UFC does have a bit of an issue with both their welterweight and middleweight champion in that regard. You know, Tyron Woodley knocked out Robbie Lawler. And I don't like the way Tyron Woodley got the path to that title shot. But at the end of the day, he emphatically won the welterweight oh, title absolutely. last summer. No doubt about that. But then you had the draw with uh, uh, Wonderboy, Wonderboy Thompson. Great fight, but he didn't really necessarily win it, although he came closer than Thompson did. And then, uh, you know, the most boring fight of all time. So you have two champions who are kind of like, I think in a lot of fans' minds... Not uh, the best in their division. Yeah, a little illegitimate. So it's just kind of interesting that at the same time you have that both welterweight and middleweight. Um, That was basically all I had for you, Gumby, as far as it comes to news, unless I'm forgetting something that you wanted to discuss. No, I think you hit the big ones, especially because we talked about those two big fight announcements right in the... You know, the, the hash out from well, Fortaleza. He, here's one. Breaking TMZ news. Uh, it's worth noting uh, that the UFC apparently did try to book Tony Ferguson for UFC 210, which, of course, takes place in the Buff, Buffalo, uh, next month in early April. And they tried two things. One, they tried to rebook him against Habib, so the rumor goes. And I believe Ariel Hawani, who I think everyone trusts, confirmed this. But uh, with Habib, they need to monitor what the hell happened during that weight cut. Does he have some sort of liver problems? Yeah, he had stuff with his liver. You don't book him right away again. So it's a very thin window for Habib. It might be UFC 211. Then there's Ramadan. So let's put Habib out of the the picture for a second. And then, apparently, they tried to book him with Eddie Alvarez. um, And that didn't happen, which is why you got the Eddie Alvarez... Uh, Tony, or sorry, Eddie Alvarez, Dustin Poirier fight, but it's just worth noting that the UFC did want to get Tony Ferguson right back in there. What this says to me is that I don't think we're going to get some sort of magic Connor announcement of a fight anytime in the spring. Cause if we were, then Tony would be the logical person to face him unless they have the trilogy with Nate Diaz kind of in their back pocket. Yeah, I don't know what they're planning with him. I think this whole Floyd Mayweather thing is just a distraction from him being out of the public's eye for so long because I, for one, don't believe it's ever going to happen. I don't believe the Floyd Mayweather thing's going to happen. So I think they're kind of just waiting until he's done with that. And, and yeah, it, you're right. With with trying to book Ferguson right away, it does seem like the, the well, Connor fight's not going to happen for him right it, now. That's what I'm thinking. So I think I'm le- I think here's your best bet for a Connor appearance is International Fight Week in July because they also basically stated at that press conference that GSP wouldn't be ready for International Fight Week. Yeah, and S- and, and I don't think that 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 uh, GSP Connor fight is one people want to see either. I no, mean, I'm not I, talking about that. Oh, okay. I, I, what thought, I, no, I thought you meant like no, combining what, those two at the, 170. The, or actually, hold shit. on. L- let me pad. Actually, what I'm trying my, the point I'm trying to make. They're in a bit of trouble pay per view wise this year. They don't have a mega star. You look at their top ten uh, pay per view buys of all time, and three names uh, have those ten pay per view buys: Rousey, Lesnar, Connor. Lesnar is uh, suspended until July, and he basically all but said he's out of MMA. Rousey seemingly all but out of MMA. And I think the fact that they were ready to rebook Ferguson, not against Connor for the lightweight title, means Connor's probably out. So I think at the earliest, what that Ferguson, if I'm doing a little booking detective work, says to me is the earliest we see Connor would be International Fight Week. Because they're not going into their biggest pay-per-view of the year, more or less, International Fight Week. They always try 
try to load the July show with, um, you know, nobody versus nobody. Yeah. I, well, Jones will be ready to come back. That's actually who could they be could Jones headline. DC. Yeah, Jones DC. That, depending that would on, be a big one. Yeah. Uh, or even Jones Rumble would be a big one if Rumble came out. If Rumble DC. can win, and I think that's probably what they two eleven though. That should be said is stacked. Uh, is stacked as shit. And, and you know, we'll give you a full rundown of two eleven when it comes up closer. We don't even want to jinx some of these cards. Um, but you know, that's got Jan Jacek on it. That's got Miocic that versus uh, Santos. It's got Freddie or Frankie Edgar versus. The Ayer Rodriguez. It's got uh, Alvarez Poirier, Do- Maya Masvidal, Do- Dos Santos versus uh, Stipe. Stipe. I mean, it, versus it's a Pettis. loaded fucking card. It's a loaded card. Um, but then again, it's not going to do monster on pay per view wise. It's going to do that same well, Stipe. I, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see because I I disagree with you on this last one too. I don't know if we ever got final numbers they, on this last pay per view. I mean, I think Dave Meltzer, who most people would cite as the you the know guy. the guy, uh, he was predicting that it'll do the, the same or just a little better than Holly versus Duran to me. Hmm, so two hundred thousand. Yeah, so, so that's that's lower than I would have thought. But but that all being said, we know, but we have the historical data now with Stipe, and obviously he's building a name for himself. Hmm. But he's not going to magically jump up to five. No, no, he, he's he's not going to jump huge, but he, he'll probably be bigger than the Overeem fight. Uh, well, the Overeem fight had CM Punk on it. Oh God, this, I forgot about that. You're right. That had outside impact and the other thing is this also well it takes place in dallas actually i thought it was brazil for a second so anyway we'll get to that when we get to that uh let's turn our attention now we got a chance to catch up with a very exciting fighter we got a chance to catch up with judo dan kelly um coming off his big win over rashad evans back at ufc 209 which feels like uh a while ago in this age we live in a week and a half i know but it's like there was (laughs) a whole nother card this past weekend uh this interview is of course brought to you by datsusara datsusara makes fight gear out of hemp hemp in case you're not familiar is about a billion times stronger than cotton super durable antimicrobial so makes a ton of sense that they'd want to make fight gear i encourage you i implore you head on over to dsgear.com check out their fight gear i roll as does gumby in their hemp fight shorts they're amazing they're the best pair of shorts i own uh and if you're a gi guy or a gi gal they make hemp gis they're awesome lightweight and again so much stronger than any other material it's dsgear.com and you can enter in promo code top turtle get yourself a nice little discount datsusara hemp gear brings you our interview with dan kelly this is Daniel Gumby Freeland here with my co-host Dave Tremonte, and we have the pleasure of speaking to Dan Kelly, who recently just defeated Rashad Evans by split decision at UFC 209. Uh, Dan, first of all, congratulations on the big win over a former title holder. Uh, when they were reading the results, uh, and you heard your name for one card, his name for another card, what were you thinking? Did you think you had the fight? Yeah, I did think I had the fight. I thought I won two of the three rounds, but with him being such a big name and and it being in Vegas, you're, you're always, you're always worried when it's uh, in the judges' hands. But yeah, no, no, very excited and happy when I got the win. Absolutely, and and you know you were fighting a guy who had such a storied career. Uh, you know, the guy who knocked out Forrest Griffin, knocked out Chuck Liddell, um, was champion. Uh, but at the same time, you look completely unfazed in there. You you look really relaxed. You look really relaxed going in. You know, what is some of the reason behind looking so comfortable in there when you're up against, you know, maybe one of the more famous names in MMA history? Uh, I certainly wasn't relaxed, especially uh, especially walking out myself and then when he was hopping in the ring. But uh, at the end of the day, it's just a it's a fight. I've trained, he's trained, um, and I'm, I'm pretty experienced. I've competed at four Olympics in judo. 
as well. So uh, I think that just that helps. And you know, once once you're in the zone, so to speak, and and the cage door shuts and it's just me and him, what else are you going to do? You just got to fight. So, <laughs> so yeah, but it was de- it was, de- it was definitely. Uh, Definitely a poker face because uh, I was very, very nervous. <laughs> well, it was a damn good poker face. Um, you mentioned your judo there for a second. Um, Dominic Cruz was was on the mic, and if you didn't get a chance to hear him do play-by-play for you, it was actually really impressive, specifically when he was breaking down your fight. Uh, he talked a lot about using those lead leg trips that you used uh, that, that you kind of caught – Rashad Evans off guard with uh, and, and it really set up a lot of your striking was that something that you planned ahead of time and you noticed in his game or was that something you sort of saw on the spot no 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 I, it was something I had planned um, a lot of wrestlers are quite heavy on their feet and it's just it's just good to be able to unsettle their posture a little bit so they have to react and not can throw the cross after so it's either a, a, a jab or lead hook then, then, and then using the trip and then throwing the cross after it, and it, yeah, it worked worked really, really well on him. So it was it's something we planned, and it, it actually was a a better better tactic than we first first thought when we actually got in there. So I mean, it's it's really hard. You can have all the greatest plans in the world, and then they all go out the window once you get punched in the face. So <laughs> it's good when some of the it's good when some of the plans actually actually work out well for you. Now, this uh, you fought in the UFC here for uh, a couple of years, and you've been on a lot of the Australia cards. Obviously, they want to market you. Being an Australian fighter, that's a market that's been very strong for them. You have fought in the UFC on a Colorado card, and of course, this past weekend was in Vegas. What's the difference for you fighting at home in Australia versus coming stateside? Is it a big adjustment having to come stateside for your next fight? Would you try to get back on one of the Australia cards, or does it make no no real difference for you you just want to fight the best and and wherever that is you'll take oh i always want to fight the best the thing is uh they're more likely to um put me on put me on cards on this side of the world uh normally there's two cards in australia or australia new zealand in a year and uh i wanted to fight three times this year so i really hounded the uh the matchmaker for that fight it's better fighting on this side of the world it's cheaper i've got a better support base but it's I mean, it was a bucket list item to be able to fight uh, fight in Las Vegas, and to be on the main card on a big card was a was just a just a bonus. But if I can fight twice in my region and once overseas in a year, then it's a good year for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I did notice too that the UFC is planning New Zealand and Australia for later in the year, so maybe we see you on both of those. Uh, I wanted to take you back to a point you said about Rashad Evans being a wrestler uh, and you upsetting that with that that. Uh, inside that little trip, were you expecting him to come out and try to wrestle you more, or were you expecting him to be so hand-heavy? Because I, I, I'm thinking back to watching the fight, and I'm not sure I remember seeing a takedown attempt from him. Yeah, no, no, he took he took me down, like, quickly twice, but mm-hmm. I stood straight back up. Uh, I think my posture and stance and forward pressure kind of messed with that a little bit. Freestyle guys need a little bit of range to shoot on, and if you keep going forward... Uh, it's, it's hard for them to set to set, and Rashad isn't as good going backwards as he is coming forward. So, so I, I, I planned for that. We worked really hard on my sprawl and also clinching up with him where possible. But uh, his his defense to my judo throws were actually very very good. So wrestling versus judo kind of cancelled each other out a little bit. Well, and you certainly got the better end of the striking. Uh, 
Let's talk a little bit about the the streak you're on now. You're on a four fight win streak. Uh, during the fight at, at UFC 209, uh, Twitter was kind of blowing up with the uh, the dad's army uh, hashtag as well as dad bod hashtags and and talking about how you're kind of like <laughs> the common man out there. Uh, have you felt that impact of getting a lot of supporters behind you as kind of like? the common man of the 185-pound division? Uh, a little bit. I mean, it's dad bod isn't necessarily that compliment. <laughs> but, but, but the uh, the dad dami thing is something I started, I think, uh, late, like two years ago maybe, I started the dad dami thing, and that's actually got a little bit of uh, momentum in Australia. And I think after that performance in America, it's started to spill over a bit uh, internationally as well. But the dad bod thing, yeah, it's certainly not something I chose. <laughs> yeah. I still look at myself and I go, I'm not the, I'm not the chubbiest one in 185, but you know what? It's, it's all pretty lighthearted, so I don't really care. Yeah, and, and certainly definitely not the... the chubbiest at 185 um what and with that kind of momentum and kind of the the fans really behind you now like you said you can feel the momentum in australia there's more momentum in the states uh you kind of have a little bit more pull about where you go from here and on a four fight win streak what are you thinking for your next fight obviously you would like it to be in australia um is there a name on the tip of your tongue uh not not a name i want a ranked opponent and uh I think I'll get that now, but I'll, I'll probably fight in New Zealand if they can give me a match in New Zealand on June 11th. That's my, uh, that was my aim before this fight. That's why I wanted to fight in March, so I'd have plenty of time to prepare. So I'll have a couple of weeks off now and then straight back to training. I'm, I'm not banged up at all. Body's fine, so I have a couple of weeks to uh, relax and, well, not relax, but get other parts of my life sorted, like my business and and all of that, and then straight back into preparation for June 11, I'm hoping. Ah, all right. Well, hey, we we look forward to seeing you get back in there, Dan. We, again, cannot thank you enough for the time. Obviously, you're ready to you know get back into the daily routine after a hard-fought victory at UFC 209. Hopefully, we could catch up with you down the road once that fight gets booked. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Thank you very much for having me on. There you have it, Gumby. Dan Kelly. I mean, I mean you, you love this dude's story, right? Like didn't break into the world of MMA until he was in his 30s and, and now Jesus we're talking about him beating Rashad Evans and doing so convincingly has the dad bod part of the dad <laughs> army he does have a little momentum behind him it, it is one of those things though where you say to yourself if only he got into MMA a little sooner but you know what he's making the best of what he has and he's making a run well yeah and, and he knows it's probably this this is his chance and in the same token too thinking that he should have made the run earlier it could be all those years of judo that's helping him so much not to, hasn't taken a lot of punches to the head all right, we will turn our attention now to UFC Fight Night London takes place from the O2 Arena. This is this coming uh, Saturday, and it is headlined by Jimmy Manawa versus Corey Anderson. Very exciting fight, actually, uh, at 205. Uh, Jimmy Manawa is the minus 150 favorite. Corey Anderson, the plus 150 dog. And I feel as though Manawa has really been coming into his own lately. He is uh, just coming off a win over Ovin St. Pru. Lost to Anthony Johnson before that, but beat Jan Blankowitz before that. So he is 2-1 and one in his last three. Corey Anderson uh, has changed his nickname. It used to be Beaston 25 8. The worst nickname in the history of fights. <laughs> now it's overtime. Uh, Corey. Oh, which, which makes sense. 25 8 was 
is working overtime. There right? you yeah, go. That's the idea. Uh, <laughs> he is also two and one in his last three, but coming off a big win over Sean O'Connell via TKO, lost via split decision to Mauricio Shogun Hua before that, and beat Tom Lawler via decision before that. Who you got here? Gunn? I got Jimmy Manawa. I just think he boxes way too well for Corey Anderson. Corey Anderson's path to victory here is getting Manawa to the ground, and I just think with Manawa being as so much stronger than Corey Anderson, I just don't think he does it early enough, and I don't think he sticks around in the fight on the feet long enough to not get knocked out. I, I think this is Manawa's knockout, uh, and, and this will be a huge step up for Jimmy Manawa. Uh, in the co-main, you have a uh, personal top turtle favorite, Gunnar Nelson, facing Alan Joban, who I want to call the model after the model Rick Martell of WWE fame, because guess what? Alan Joban is a real model, but also an exciting fighter, and he's on a three-fight win streak, kind of a quiet three-fight win streak. Beat Brendan O'Reilly via TKO, beat Balil Muhammad via decision, and then beat Mike Perry via decision. Uh, Gunnar Nelson coming off a big win over Albert Tumanoff, who's since left the UFC, by the way. Yeah, he's, he signed with um, was it EFN, EFN, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll still see him or, on Fight Pass. Or Best. ACB. It might have been Absolute uh, Championship Beirut. Yeah, which is putting on some great shows, by the way. Uh, so he's coming off a rear naked choke over Albert Tumanoff. Lost to Damian Maya before that. Really no shame in that. Also didn't get subbed by Damian Maya, so that's a feather in his cap. Uh, and he beat Brendan Thatch with a rear naked choke before that. So he is 2-1. One in his last three. Who you got? I, I like Gunnar Nelson in this. I think his striking goes leaps and bounds every single time we see him. Um, Joe Ban's got a chance with him on the feet, but but Joe Ban has got no business with him on the ground. So I think if it ever gets there, the finish is quick and it's sharp. Uh, Alan Joban, the plus 220 dog. Nelson, a minus 300 favorite. I agree with you on everything you just said. You have uh, Brad Pickett walking off into the sunset. This will be his last fight. A minus 160 favorite versus Marlon Vera, the plus 120 dog. I don't know how he's only a minus 160 favorite. To, to me, this is a, a fight set up for Brad Pickett to walk out into the sunset, just like you said. Um, I think Marlon Vera is, is going to stand and bang with him, and if for some reason Pickett ever got into trouble, he could take him down at will because um, that's just the kind of fighter Brad Pickett is, and he's he's that much better than Marlon Vera. Kicking off the uh, four-fight main card, this is all on Fight Pass, mind you, the whole night uh, Fight Pass card. You have at featherweight Arnold Allen facing Makwan Amerikani, uh, and Amerikani is the minus-145 favorite here, Arnold Allen. And the plus 105 dog. I, I like Arnold Allen in this. I mean, these are two of the most fun to watch prospects at, at featherweight. And that's saying something too, in a division with Duhu Choi and Yair Rodriguez. Uh, Allen's only 23 years old and he strikes like a beast um, and, and got a good guillotine in his UFC debut. I, I think he's more, he's got more dimensions to him than Makwan, who I think is mostly a pure grappler and his striking doesn't look like it's all that good. Although he has been working with SBG, um, you know, with, with John Cavanaugh, who will be cornering him. But I, I still think I'm going with Arnold Allen. I think the pure athleticism and the, the history of striking is better there. Uh, and then this, to me, is the quote-unquote main event of the undercard. You have Joseph Duffy, a man who has a win over Conor McGregor on his record, coming off a win in the... But that was years ago and a different lifetime ago. Uh, he is coming off a win, is Joe Duffy, off of Mitch Clark, lost to Dustin Poirier b before that. He'll be fighting Reza Madadi. Reza Madadi coming 
coming off a big TKO win in the third round over Yan Cabral back in May of last year, 2016. Uh, you have um, Duffy, the minus 700 favorite, and Reza Madadi, the plus 500 dog. Who are you going I with, mean, I mean, that really says it all, right? Is it the minus 700 favorite? I, I mean, you'd be silly to not pick him because in this case, again, it's just one of those situations where he's better in more places. You know, like... Reza's got good wrestling, but if he gets to the ground, he doesn't want to be on the ground with Joe Duffy, and, and he certainly doesn't want to box with him. So this is Duffy's fight, and he's going to hurt him. All right, looking at the rest of the card, Gumby, all fight pass prelims, give us a fight to watch out for or a fighter to watch out for. What gets you excited? What gets your juices flowing about this undercard? So we got to go with the you know, friend of the show, heavyweight favorite, uh, Tim Johnson, who we talked to last week, fighting Daniel Daniel Olmielanchuk. Uh, I love Tim Johnson's style. I love his everyman attitude. Uh, that one's super exciting. And I'm also going to point to Brett's John's uh, fighting on the prelims. He was one of the first Welsh fighters in the history of the UFC. He'll be fighting Ian and Twistle in the Bantamweight a little bit earlier in the night. And that one's super, super exciting because Entwistle, uh, really awkward fighter, and, and John's has got great hands. All right. Uh, anyone else as far as uh, keep an eye out on? I mean, I like Mark Diacasey. Again, another friend of the show. But since he's been in the UFC, he's in that super stacked lightweight division. So it's hard for him to make leeway. But, you know, so far, he's looked nothing short of perfect in most of his fights. And he will be fighting Timu Pakalin. Timu Pakalin from, uh, I believe he's Finnish. Uh, and he's got a good ground game. But I, I think Diacasey's got this one here finish i thought he was just getting started (laughs) (laughs) all right with that all being said i am so sorry i am david tremonti he is daniel gumby vreeland this was top turtle mma podcast give us a like give us a follow give us a download hit the subscribe button gosh darn do we appreciate it it keeps the lights on at top turtle studio you can catch us wherever a podcast is being streamed follow the show on twitter at top turtle mma we out for right now but we'll be back next week